in the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? It is the location in which he dwells, which he is our house. He is our temple, our tabernacle. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, you shall flourish in the courts of our God. You shall bear fruit in old age. The idea of that is your leaf will never wither. You will never dry up in your relationship with the Lord. You will bear fruit to God's glory for all eternity. Now, today, tomorrow, and forever, you shall still bear fruit in old age. You shall be fresh and flourishing. I think that that connects with our message last week in regards to our daily relationship with God. Today, your relationship in him, it will be fresh, it will be anointed, it will be flourishing, you will bear fruit. The purpose of all of this is to declare that the Lord is upright, he is our rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. That last sentence is also the springboard for the final couple announcements. This whole idea of declaration that we are all on a mission field called by God to go and declare him, whether it's to yourself, to your household, to your community, or halfway around the world. Halfway around the world scenario, I will have details next week in regards to our trip to Kenya. Um, we are going to leave, I believe, July 13th. We have one family that is going. If you would like to go, come talk to me. It is not for the faint of heart. It is heavy traveling, and I want to scare you away as much as possible. But if you feel that the Lord is leading you to come, I want you to come. It is a tremendously blessed time. I will give a lot of definitions to that ministry next week because we have a different missionary relationship to define this morning. Steve and Tina, raise your hand. This is Steve and Tina Same. I am going to play their video in just a minute. So that's going to introduce their ministry in London. Told you this morning that you know, we've been a part of this congregation for coming up on 12 years. Steve and Tina have been a part of our congregation for over 30 years. They've been around three times as long as I have. Uh, they began their missionary mission in the Philippines for five years, and they've been in London for over 30 years, and our congregation has financially and prayerfully and relationally sponsored them over that time. So Steve is going to share with us this morning the message, uh, but before he does so, please turn your attention to the wall. There's a video to introduce what they do.
Thank you. I want to express, Tina and I want to express to you this morning our, our real depth of thanks to you in uh, the fellowship that we feel. You, many of you probably don't even know us very well. Um, I, hope, I hope we can get to know you. Uh, but we love the place God has put us. As Pastor Blake was sharing, uh, uh, about 36 years ago, we went to the Philippines, and we felt like that was where God wanted us for the rest of our life. And uh, five years later, we ended up in London to just preach on the streets with the ministry that we work with still, and we felt like God said to stay. And then he gives us this pub, um, and turned it into our home, and um, 
our Christian outreach and church and everything, homeschool resource library, you saw that. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm just as or more strange than your pastor. I, I'll tell you that right now. Um, so open with me to Exodus chapter 3. I want to share with you this morning, I guess just where I'm at, right? I've got nothing else to say really than where God has put me in my life. And I want to express that to you because it's so exciting to me. Uh, we each have our own experiences and our own story within ourselves of the surrender that God expects of us. And, uh, but God had this plan from the very beginning, right? This wasn't something that God figured out along the way. Before the creation of the heaven and the earth, everything that God planned from that very moment of the spoken word into existence and the world, he had one single undertaking, God did, and that was to redeem us from our sins. Amen? There's no greater uh, purpose that God has than to redeem us of our sins. Not just when you came to know Christ, but now. God wants to redeem us now of our sins. So it takes a lot of depth of understanding for you and I, I believe, I, I know, to accept that I got to repent of my sins now, right? When Christ made me new, he gave me the capability of the, the new man, the new woman, to to now walk by his spirit in, in the strength of what he planned from the beginning. So it is hard to, to grasp all that because it's, it's, it seems intellectually impossible, and it is, to know that God, from, from the book of Genesis, knew Adam and Eve would sin. That's already beyond us. To know that he still had a plan and his plan was perfect even though they sinned. And his redemption would come through the obedience of the sacrifice replacing uh, our, our sinful nature or our sinfulness by obedience to that blood sacrifice. And that eventually that would be in Christ. So let's look at this a little bit, and maybe I'll make more sense than I am right now. I don't know. We'll see. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 through 15 says, God said to Moses, I am who I am, has sent me unto you. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. What is that name? I am, which really means in, a, in an understanding of the depth of what, what God was saying, is I am I will be what I am and what I will be 
And that's where you and I are at today. We are at this place where we have to know who God is now and what God is in the future for us. Of course, you can't think about the future, right? It's enough to think about the now, the I am, right now, what's right before me. And that's the difficulty, I think, of the Christian life, because we look to, like to look beyond that. And then all of a sudden, our cares are there, our worries are there, and we're not serving God right now, because we've lost the understanding of the I am. Uh, it's the I will be. You know, what's, what's going to come? But God said, this is what I will be named from generation to generation. And that's what he is today. So God's name is, I am and I will be your strength and your purpose. Now we know that in um, a, uh, a literal way. Okay, I understand God is and God will be, and I understand that he is my Savior, and he will be my Savior. But how does that play out in our walk with God daily? How does that actually play out? I mean, we know that in Isaiah chapter 7 that uh, God promised through uh, a very strange um, king named Ahaz uh, he said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with, God with us. We know that happened, right, in the, in the book of Matthew and other gospels where Jesus came and was born of a virgin. And, and again, something literally we cannot perceive or understand that a virgin gave birth to a a son, yet this was God's plan for redemption for us, for the I am and the I will be. And he proved that, right? He proved that. So I'm going to go to John chapter 8 now, a moment. And this is a, uh, a description of Jesus describing who he was to those that were puzzled with what they felt like this man was. They saw physically a man, right? They couldn't understand spiritually because they weren't interested. They saw physically with their eyes a man that was capable of doing things that no other man could ever do. Miracles. And they were trying to figure all that out. A lot of times that's what we do in our Christian life. We try to figure things out with our understanding and we get caught up with not understanding so we don't move until we understand and then we don't move. We're standing still. Jesus said in John 8, 23, and he was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Unless you believe that I am and that I will be. 
you will die in your sins. It's, it's, it's too hard to grasp unless we grasp it spiritually, believe it by faith, right? Let me share with you a, a, a situation that um, you saw some of the pictures, um, some of the videos of Speaker's Corner. It's a, it's a uh, place in Hyde Park, London, where you can go and you can just share whatever you want to share, and they do. Um, and lately it's become video corner, I guess, but um, it's, it's uh, a lot of times 40% very hostile um, Muslims. But I love it. I love it because it's an opportunity to share the gospel. But you never know who's going to be out there. It's like I don't, we, you don't know who's here, right? Some of you probably know each other, but not that good. Some of you know each other very well, but I, we never know who's going to be in that crowd and, and uh, who's going to hear an argument and, and God's going to translate that argument into a spiritual encounter for their soul. And there was a, a man in the crowd when I was preaching it, and I, I noticed how animated he was with what I was sharing. And... Uh, what I was sharing was that God is, is our judge and that he's a just judge. And God will judge us, but he will judge us according to his justice, not our justice. And this man spoke up all of a sudden and he said, are you trying to say that there is no gray with God? <laughs> and I said, yeah. I guess that's what God is saying. That's for sure. God, God is judge, and there is no gray with God. And I asked him, I said, who is it that judges your right and wrong in your own life? And he looked at me and said, I do. I said, okay. I said, well, that you've made yourself your own little God. That's what you've done. And he, he was arguing with me. He said, no. I don't. And we talked from, I talked from the ladder with him for probably 10 minutes while the crowd was all trying to figure out what was going on. And at the end, his name was Ian. And uh, I asked Ian, I said, uh, I said, do you, why, why are you so hesitant to not understand that God is for you. And he said, I can't see him. Where is God? And in the middle of it, he walked, he started walking away. And I said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to go get a coffee. I'll be right back. And I said, uh, milk and one sugar for me. He came back with a coffee. And we kept talking after this. In the crowd, he just picked up right where he was. He gave me his coffee. I said, you didn't fit in this, did you? He said, no, I would never do that. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, if, if there is a God, where is he? And I said, I'll show you where he's at. Come here. And he walked up in the front, and I got down off the ladder, and I grabbed his hand, and I got on my knees, and I said, do you really want to see God? Because this is the only place you can see God. You're, you're in a place where your heart is hard 
and he's sitting there and he's grabbed my hand tighter and tighter. <laughs> and he said, well, what does it take? I said, well, first you have to believe that God exists. He said, but I don't. I don't believe that God exists. I said, well, you can and don't pass this opportunity by. He said, I can't right now. And we got, I got up and I went back up the ladder and I kept preaching. And later on, uh, about an hour later, I was talking to someone, uh, someone else and he walked up and he, before I could even turn around, he walked right up to me, put his arms around me and gave me this big bear hug. And he said, thank you, Steve. I appreciate you. Well, who would ever, what would you think about that? I mean, I would have never thought that would have happened. But God was doing something in his soul, stirring him up. The I am was about to be the I will be in his life. And I, I really believe that. I don't know what happened with Ian. I saw him the next week. And we talked a bit that week too. Tina did too. And he, I think, I believe he even took a Bible. But we don't know what God is doing in other people's life but we do know what God's doing in our life, right? How can I get closer to God? How can you get closer to God? Now, he is the I am, and he's go we know he's going to be the, the I will be. But how, what can we do right now to get closer to God? How can we let God judge us now? Because he's just, right? How many of you want God to judge you? Yeah, it's hard to raise your hand, isn't it? How many of you want to be judged by the world? <laughs> well, there's one or the other, right? We would need God to judge us justly, right? Correct us. Show us the truth. Sanctify our soul. It's the only way we get close to God. We have to go through these things. And sometimes they're forced on us, right? Like COVID. Sometimes it's just, it's, it's something that God does in your life and it's a trial and you say, well, I got no other way, place to go but trust in God. Why didn't I trust in God before, right? Or am I talking to myself? Of course I'm not. You're human too. We all have to fight this good fight of faith. So, in John 8, 28 and 29, Jesus said, when you lift up the son of man then you will know i am he and i do nothing on my own initiative but i speak these things as the father had taught me there was no relationship that jesus had that was not first filtered through the relationship he had with the father the will of god and the father in heaven he had no will of his own we, we should not have a will of our own. I'm not talking about robotic. I'm talking about walking with God and knowing his word. Like Jesus said, um, what did he say? He said, um, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, is an if. Somebody said the word, the word if is the biggest word in the Bible. You ever heard that? It's a process that you and I have to take. So I want to ask you a question. What is the Word of God for? What's the Word of God for? 
So why have we been given the word of God? Right, it's, it's, it's truth, God's truth, right? Because we all have our own truth, right? It's God's truth, it's the conviction of God's truth. So we have the word of God because when we were born again, the spirit of God now is going to interpret the word of God. We want to interpret our own way, but God's, God's got the conviction by the, of the Holy Spirit of how to, how to interpret that truth. And the truth, Jesus said, will set you free from what? From our sin. Any, anybody hadn't sinned in, let's just say, the last five weeks? Anybody? Anybody out there? We need repentance, right? We need this relationship with God based on abiding in the Word of God because the Word of God comes alive. It's, it's, it's a word that gives the process in our heart to bring us to this place where not only we hear the word of God the truth that convicts us right it gives us faith it's all one it gives us faith and what, why do we have faith we have, we have this understanding of the word of God and faith for the simple process that God wants to take that faith in metamorphize it into grace don't you love grace right but you can't get grace until you hear the truth and let it convict your soul turn it into faith and faith turns into god's grace it's that's the holy spirit's work you can't jump to grace at the and you know skip uh, the word of god the conviction of truth but, and the faith that he gives us to walk in I think a lot of times we just don't even understand that process we just think you know i'm a christian i'm going to walk along everything's going to go all right and if i get in trouble god will bail me out but there's this growth that you and i have to have if we want to find real joy in our souls and let and, and if we don't let that process happen then we're like ian who gets down on his knees just even though we didn't know the Lord, we do the same thing a lot of times. We get on our knees and we say, God, and God says, read my word. I want to give you faith. And I want to develop grace in your soul. Because grace is the influence of the Holy Spirit that, that gives us all the fruit of the Spirit of Galatians. Right? All that fruit. God is working that in us. And so that we don't have to just say, I'm going to make it. We can make it with joy and peace and knowing that he's not only i am he's i will be all of that comes after the process that jesus came to bring us so that we the holy spirit could dwell in us so that plan from the beginning to the end is just for this purpose right here god has a purpose for you right now that might be should just be like oh yeah i knew that but everything that God is doing right now is, is for this moment. Never mind, you know, whatever is going to happen next. It's for this moment. Faith transformed in our hearts and mind is God's work of grace to serve him right now on this earth. But if we don't have that process happening in our life, hearing the word of God, 
not to get something out of it, but to hear it. And then God applying that as faith, and then faith giving us grace, and grace influences us. It's like putting, what they say, petrol or gas in, a, in your car. You know, have you ever jumped in the car and you didn't even have the keys, and you got in there and you went, vroom, vroom. People think you're out of your mind, right? Because you don't have any power to move that vehicle. Or if you have the keys, you put the keys in and there's no petrol in it, and you have to get somebody to push it. That's a lot of our Christian walk is like that because we're not hearing the word of God, walking in faith, letting God turn that into grace. That's the, the power of God to motivate us to enjoy our life in him. Does that make sense? We, we, there is so much joy. You know that. Like, uh, Christian, the Christian walk is not like this. It's like this. It has to be like this. It's straight and narrow, right? It's, we can walk with God in strength and power in trials, serious trials, and still have the joy that God has planned, right? Jesus, even though in the trials, he says, he says that he looked at the cross, you know, with joy. He knew the, the end result. The end result of you and I is to see him influence us to serve him, give him glory. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, and be not transformed, um, be not conformed rather, to this world. It's easy to do, isn't it? The world conforms us, and the world conforms us if we're not being transformed. It's, it's going to happen. We're not being transformed by the word of God. We're going to be conformed to the world. So he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. How does that happen? The only way that that happens is to hear this word and let God give us faith. This is life. And then let God give us grace, grace within the soul. So now we have power to look at adversity and joy in the same manner like Jesus did. We, his will be done. It doesn't matter what his will is. I don't have to figure all that out. As a matter of fact, if I try, I'm in big trouble because then I'm trying to, trying the patience of God in my life. We're transformed by the renewing of, of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and acceptable and perfect will of God. We want the perfect will of God before we walk this out, right? We think we're going through the drive-through window of God. Christian, the Christian life is, is something that you and I have to walk in. Let God mature us. You ever seen a five-year-old that says, you know, puts on a suit and he wants to go to work, right? It's cute, but you know what? It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's, it's something God has to process in us. So, in, in ending, in finishing here, um, I just want to thank you. We want to thank you, Tina and I, for the, 
the prayers and the, the finances and the blessings that it's it's the fellowship though it's 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 just you <laughs> and it's just us serving God to, together and and it's uh, something that that we've experienced and grown in, in in all our lives knowing that you know we serve a living God not a God of duty or work. Matter of fact, what does James say? He says, he says, faith without works is dead. I want to give you a new twist on that scripture that I think is, is uh, true. Faith without letting God work in our soul produces that grace so that we're not dead in our faith. If we let God work in us, then we have a joy in our work. We have a joy in our service of God. So many people have, say they're Christians, but they're, they're dead because they're not reading the Word of God every day. They're not letting God teach them. They, don't let, they aren't letting God be their savior, and they are a disciple, a learner. That's what disciple means, learner. So we're all learning. We're all on the same straight and narrow path. And whatever happens on that road is the will of God. Because we're born again. The old is gone. The new has come. Behold, all things are, says, of God. When you're walking with the God, it doesn't matter. Everything is of God, right? So faith and grace that God gives overcomes all of that, those things, so we can have joy and purpose. I want to share with, a, um, with you um, one last uh, story. Um, I was sharing... Um, again, in um, at Speaker's Corner, we go to Whitechapel, which all Muslims, um, it's a market, and share there, and God has done so many beautiful things there, and they accept us, the Muslims do. It's amazing. Makes your, uh, your enemies your friends. Um, but there was, a, there was a man standing in the crowd with, you, you actually saw him on a video if you notice him, it was an all-British suit. And I thought, wow, you know, this guy loves his country. And uh, I saw him in the crowd, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll see him. I'll talk to him later. And he just listened in the crowd. And uh, so afterwards, I forgot, and then I saw him walking by. You couldn't miss him. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, my name's Steve. What's your name? And he said, uh, my name's Derek. You don't. You don't recognize me, and I said, I said, no, I don't. I'm sorry. And uh, he said, uh, Steve, I heard you uh, preaching two years ago, and uh, we talked afterwards. I thought, wow, good memory. And um, he said, you told me because I I said there was no God, and you told me take this this Bible, go home and start reading it and say one thing. Say, God, 
speak to me. I want to hear you. I said, that sounds like me. He said, I did that. He said, I left a lost man and I came back a man saved in the grace of God. And I said, you're kidding me. He said, no. So I was, you know, well, who did that bless more? Me, right? Not because of, it was the, the, the way that God had, has ordained. He wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to every one of us. Now he comes, you know, almost every Sunday. Um, and, and, you know, at Speaker's Corner also. So um, God wants to speak, use us and speak to us, right? Not by our own idea, but his idea. Wherever we're at. But he can't use us that much. Because most of the time we're so full of ourselves. That what God would would try to use is some somebody that wants to talk about themselves or be in another vein but God wants to use us by hearing the word of God transforming that metamorphizing that into grace so that then he can influence our heart to go where we've never gone before right here but right there but walk with God deeper than we've ever walked with God because his word is alive and powerful and effective double-edged sword Jesus swore right and and can separate the soul and the spirit and f- give us freedom in his truth amen all right I'm a little over so let's pray if we will father thank you for this